Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic, 80s, modeling mosquito-borne illness transmission. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's edition of The Daily Bolt. So, uh, what I'm going to be talking about today is uh, an effort that the NOAA Climate Program Office has undertaken to fund a monitoring or tracking uh, forecasting type system uh, that really focuses on diseases that are uh, carried and transmitted by mosquitoes and mosquito bites. So in order to know something about the mosquito population, you need to have information on the weather and climate, whether it's been super wet, whether it's been super dry, warmer than normal, colder than normal, and you need to have some information as to typical mosquito distributions. Now the name of the system, Aedes, comes from the first name in the genus of many mosquitoes. Uh, in the uh, uh, Facebook podcast group, I posted a picture which is from the uh, webpage that uh, this study is discussed of the Aedes aegypti mosquito. It is one of any number of varieties of mosquitoes that transmits diseases, uh, including Zika, dengue fever, uh, a disease I have never heard of called chikungunya. Um, I don't even know if that's the right way to pronounce it. Someone who knows maybe can post an audio file with the correct pronunciation in the podcast group. Uh, I'm, do, I'm doing my best here uh, with some of that. But the idea of the system is it will take climate information input. It will take information we have on mosquito populations, which species, what diseases they carry, and it provides both kind of a diagnostic plot of the current probabilities or suitability for mosquito-borne illnesses to be transmitted, and then it will forecast out at least a month in advance. Uh, probably as the system gets better refined, uh, it will be able to go out for longer periods with better climate information, but for now the target is to provide this information so that uh, health officials, who are the main audience for it, will be able to plan a response and operations to mitigate the spread of the disease at least a month ahead of the outbreak. So. Uh, one of the advantages is it's a relatively high-resolution depiction. Uh, gone are the days where climate models were very coarse uh, resolution models with huge areas represented by one grid point. Uh, this is a relatively detailed model uh, that gets kind of at the high-resolution end of our current climate models, uh, looking at uh, areas of uh, roughly about 50 by 50 kilometers um, in terms of a box. And so that's relatively high resolution information to get for mosquito populations and uh, whether or not they're the types of mosquitoes that carry the diseases that we're most interested in, which are these tropical diseases that tend to spread very rapidly 
by mosquitoes. The good news is we don't necessarily need to have a whole lot of information about the exact mosquito distribution at any given time, which is good because that's nearly impossible to get. Uh, we just don't have the data available for that. What the model does is it takes relationships that have been documented by uh, research, uh, entomological research, into the mosquito populations and what conditions they thrive in to use that as the basis for prediction of these probabilities or the suitability of the environment for these mosquitoes to breed like mosquitoes, uh, spread the disease like mosquitoes, and have a big outbreak. So it's an interesting application of climate data that is very relevant to a world which is now in a very heightened sensitivity about epidemiology, about disease distributions, uh, and we hope that because so many of these mosquito transmitted diseases cause millions of infections every year, that there might be uh, the ability to mitigate at least a percentage of these because of having better information about where you might expect to have the mosquito uh, populations breed, uh, where you might expect to have them thrive, pick up uh, the diseases, and spread them. Now, this is being done through the NOAA Climate Program Office. It's interesting. It's less a climate forecast than it is a long-range uh, weather forecast, although it it's, takes into account the entire monthly period uh, that you're interested in because that's the type of information you need to see whether conditions are abnormally wet, abnormally dry, abnormally hot, abnormally cold, which is the climate aspect of it. Uh, it's relatively low-hanging fruit in terms of what we can apply uh, weather and climate information to, uh, but it certainly has a lot of potential applicability and things could be expanded as we go along. Uh, it could possibly be expanded to other types of diseases that aren't necessarily transmitted by mosquitoes, but by other things like people moving around. Uh, remains to be seen. But for now, this is an interesting piece of work to continue uh, watching and seeing how it goes. Um, the other aspect of the model that, it, that they're trying to do in terms of the, I'll call it the long-range weather forecast, the climate modeling aspect of it, is a technique that's known as ensemble modeling, which is something I've talked about before on previous podcasts, not in the current series, but in past series, which, by the way, you can still go and find on the podbean.com site uh, with the link that I put in the podcast group and on the other uh, places where I post information about this podcast. Uh, ensemble modeling basically allows you to get multiple solutions uh, to the state of the atmosphere or even the state of the climate looking at really long ranges and uh, determine probabilities for various scenarios. Again what you're doing is you're basically trying to get a probability of conditions that are ripe for mosquitoes to go and breed like crazy and take the diseases with them and infect lots of people. That's really what this is all about. Um, the techniques for ensemble modeling and getting probabilities are reasonably robust. 
and the authors of the study at Columbia are very encouraged by the initial results they're seeing because they have correlated well with outbreaks of some mosquito-borne diseases that have been reported uh, in uh, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Cuba, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Jamaica, and Puerto Rico. So this will be something interesting to watch over the coming years to see just how widespread this type of an application becomes and how much we use this type of information even in our daily lives, let alone for the health organizations that really need it the most urgently. More to think about. For today, that's this episode of The Daily Bolt. I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley. And I encourage you to uh, check out our Facebook podcast group. You know, look for it under a search on the Daily Bolt podcast, and you ought to be able to find it. It's currently a public group. I post a bunch of the pictures that relate to the podcast on there. We have some other things being discussed. Uh, you can suggest topics for podcasts, lots of things on there. And hopefully we get a community that starts interacting uh, nicely. There's scientists there. There's non-scientists on there. Uh, it's a group to help everybody. And uh, it's always the first place where you're going to find this podcast being posted. Uh, for tonight, this is the day we bolt. Have a good night, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and stay safe.